<clears throat> this month, as we said, we'll be emphasizing missions, <clears throat> and <clears throat> you can't think of biblical missions without thinking of the Apostle Paul. And in Acts chapter 20, <clears throat> Paul is giving his farewell address to the um, church at Ephesus. And in verse 17 of Acts chapter 20, I'll begin reading, if you'd follow along in your Bible. Acts 20, verse 17. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia... In what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your Word that we're able to read from, that Your Spirit is able to open to us, to convict us, to instruct us. And Lord, we do ask for the ministry of Your Spirit this morning, and we ask that we would be obedient to the promptings of Your Spirit today. We look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> How do you tell if this last week was a success for you or not? What are the measuring things that you would bring in? Now, um, I know we're sitting in church today, but honestly, if you'd look back, if yesterday someone said, how was your week? Was it successful? What are the things that would be brought into question? Yeah, it was a successful week. The snow melted, the temperatures are rising, or whatever, you know. Think about this. What is your purpose for this next week? Some of you might be saying, oh, I'm... I want to get my taxes done, um, I got this project I need to get done, whatever. But in, in the grand scope of things, what is your purpose for this next week? 
Then let's expand it even further. What is your purpose in life? Now, I know we're sitting in church, so automatically the answer is, uh, the right answer in church is glorify God. Right? Don't we all know that? Glorify God, read your Bible, pray, witness. Those are the four things that you answer in church and you get most questions right, all right? But seriously, what is your purpose in life? And if you say to glorify God, um, how are you going about doing that? Billy Sunday said, more men fail through lack of purpose than through lack of talent. You know, life is interesting and life is made up of Many, many stories, and we, as people, really relate to stories. We relate to um, someone coming in and rescuing and providing uh, the answer, and, and little boys uh, live, as they grow up, live being the one that comes in and rescues and they they plan these things and and life is made up of of stories and and those stories are someone is going on a mission and there is someone that needs rescued and I must go do this and they are on a mission and they will not be successful until that is completed I think many times as Christians we fail to realize the greatness that God has invited us to be a part of His mission. Of the greatest story ever told, of the greatest event that has ever happened. And this is a mission. Think about it. This is God. God has a definite mission. And throughout the Bible, there's the red thread that runs throughout the Bible, the life of Jesus Christ. And this mission originated before the world was ever created. God planned this mission before the world was ever created. But where it manifested itself and was revealed on this earth began, first of all, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, where God promised that He would send a Redeemer. It's interesting to look back at the history of this mission. Absolutely, we don't even have time to scratch the surface because there are whole um, classes and books that are writ written on the history of missions, or God's mission. And you go back and look throughout history. In, in very, very dark days spiritually, God has always had a remnant. God has always had, in some situations, a what we would consider a large group. But in most situations, it's been a small group of believers here, or one believer here. But throughout history, there has been a active and um, aggressive attempt 
to destroy God's missions. And it's still going on today. We look at a lot that's going on in the world today, and, and we think it's a political issue. It isn't a political issue, it's a spiritual issue. There's a reason that um, many of these things are going on, and the reason is that there is an adversary that hates anything of God and anything that um, has the potential of bringing glory to God. But all throughout history, and, and again, we don't have time to even do justice at all, but this is a work that, that isn't just starting today, or didn't just start in the 1900s. This is something you are being invited into that has its roots clear back before the world was even created. God said, this is what I'm going to do. And all throughout this, we could, we could list the names of people as the disciples. We could list names like Polycarp and Balthazar Hubmeyer and John Huss. And we could go on and list many people who, many of them that we listed, have given their lives for this. But we could also, we couldn't, but God could list names of people that we don't even know their names. But God says, you know what? They played an important role in my mission. And this is a history. This is something God's saying, I'm inviting you to be a part of this, this ongoing work that although the gates of hell have tried to stop it, nothing is going to stop it. And he says, I want you to be a part of it. The nature of the mission is that God wants you to be a part of His work to show the difference that Christ makes in an individual life. Do you understand? I I didn't necessarily say that God wants you to go be a missionary in some far country. What God is inviting every follower of Him to do is to be involved in His mission and the nature of that is to show the difference that Christ makes in our life. To show that we serve a better Master and a different Master. And God may do it right where you are. He may, as Brother Bunger mentioned, He may lead you to some place that when you sat down to plan your life was not even on the radar. But the point is, if we are followers of Christ, God has invited us to be a part of His work. It's not our work. It's not Grace Baptist Church work. It's not somebody else. This is God's work. And we were reminded of that this morning in Sunday school. Only God can change a heart. And He has a long history of choosing the weak and the simple and the base and the foolish to confound the wise. And he says, I am calling you into this mission. This is the mission that I'm giving you. I want you to show the difference 
that Christ makes in an individual life. To qualify for the mission, needless to say, you must be born again. You must have spiritual life. We're born into this world. We're born physically. But there must come a time where we're born spiritually. Where we receive spiritual life. We're born into this world. We're born as sinners. No one has to, no one has to teach us to do wrong. No one has to teach us to manipulate. You know, it's, it's, um, it's always interesting when you see little kids and they learn how to manipulate. It's more fun when you're a grandparent and see it, you know. The, the, the kids love to come in and get a mint from me. Well, last time they were in, the twins grabbed with both hands. To get, it used to be they'd wait, but now they're grabbing with both hands. And I said, no, no, just one. And, and Hogan was sitting there, and he had one in each hand. Gunner did too, but I first started with Hogan. I said, Hogan, just one. And he goes, Hi. Now, I don't think that Andrew and Shayla have taught him how to do that. The selfish nature in even grandkids, they're born with. They're born with a nature that lives for self and has no regard, really, for God. But until they come to the point where they realize Wow, I am a sinner and I have violated a holy God. And only Jesus Christ, we sang about the blood of Jesus, we sang about admit, believe, and forever receive. Once we have received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, then we have spiritual life. And... God expects us and has called us to be involved in this mission. It should be a mission that we say, Man, God, I, after all you've done for me, I am willing. I, I am desirous. Here I am. Use me. Change me. Whatever. Do you understand the whole world is in a situation in which Christ alone is the answer. I don't necessarily mean the whole world politically. I mean every individual in this world. And Christ said, My mission is to bring deliverance to these people, and I have chosen you to be a part of my mission. Think of it. If, regardless of your political standing, if this week you got a call from the executive office of the United States of America, the president, and he said, we are putting together a council and I have chosen you to come to Washington to sit on this council and give me advice. Some of you would say, aha, finally you're getting a little smart here, huh? But you would be honored that you have chosen me for this. 
Listen, this is God, the creator, that says, I have a mission. I created you in mind for this mission. And now that you have personally received my gift and have spiritual life, I am sending you on this mission. My job in the mission, and this is refreshing, my job in the mission, I don't mean mine, I'm as pastor, I mean mine as a follower of Christ and yours as a follower of Christ. My job in the mission is to plant and water the gospel of Jesus Christ. My job is not to win souls because I can't win souls. God brings the harvest. First, First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 through 9, Paul said, Apollos planted and I watered, but it's God that gives the increase. Do you understand that's the encouraging part? I can plant and I can water and I can show the difference that Christ makes in my life. I can show that I serve a better master, a different master who is far better. I can do that. And so today, as I go to work, as, as I meet my neighbors, my job is to show them that I serve a different and a better master. The difference ought to be seen. Many years ago, some men were panning for gold in Montana. And one of them found an unusual stone They broke it open and they were excited to see that it contained genuine gold. They eagerly dug in and they discovered that they had hit a vein of gold and they began shouting with delight clear up in the mountain, We found it! We found it! We're rich! They interrupted their celebration knowing that they had to go to town and stock up on supplies. But before they left camp, they all got together and they agreed to tell no one about their finding. They went to town, bought supplies. No one breathed a word of it to anyone in town. Much to their dismay, however, when they packed up, to leave town, hundreds of men were prepared to follow them. When they asked the crowd, who squealed? Who told? They said, no one had to. Your faces showed it. Do you understand? That's the mission God's called us on. We've found the treasure. And he says, I want you just to show it. You found this treasure. The treasure is Jesus Christ. And he said, I've called you now to let Christ make a difference in your life so that people could say, your faces show it. Your life shows it. Your work shows it. Your attitude shows it. You say, man, I can't do that. And rightfully so. 
The power for the mission is through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what makes the difference. When I walk in obedience to the Spirit, it will show a difference. And what Christ is saying, I'm sending you on a mission that as you go out, that you will just, all I'm asking is that you obey my Spirit and He'll take care of making the difference in your life. He'll produce love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Can you imagine if we had those nine things in our life? Can you imagine the difference that they would see in our lives? He said, that's your mission? To have God's purpose. So that when we wake up and tomorrow morning, it's Monday, and you're going back to work, you say, hey, today God has called me to go to this realm and to show a difference. That's... That's the mission that God has given me. If God stood in front of you tomorrow morning and said, here's the mission I'm sending you on, you know what? His mission wouldn't be any different than what you've been doing all these last weeks. Other than to go to the same place and show the greatness of God. Through our attitude, through how we treat others, through how we speak, through our actions. And when we have that as our purpose in life, my purpose in life is to show the difference Christ makes. My purpose in life is to show the greatness of God. My purpose in life, notice I'm saying showing. You can tell people and not show it. It's to show the difference. When I have God's purpose in life, it gives meaning to life. What's the meaning in life if it's not to show forth the greatness of God? It simplifies life. What am I here for? I'm, I'm here to show the greatness of God. I'm here to show the difference Christ makes in a life. It brings freedom and peace. You don't have to worry about pleasing everyone else. It simplifies. You, you please God. And there's great liberty in that. There's great peace in that. And having God's purpose in life extends your life. I'm not necessarily saying you'll live longer. I'm saying what you're living for will last forever. You live for your possessions, day's going to be, the day's going to come when they're all going to be gone. Either through economic crash or through death. You live for a career, it's all going to be wasted. Someday they'll, they, if you work at the same place long enough, they may give you a gold-plated watch, say thank you, but they've got somebody already coming in to take your place. Your name is off the door. 
It's off the tag. Your salary's gone to somebody else. You live for pleasures. It's not enough. You live for money. It's going to be left for someone else to spend probably in ways that you never would have approved. You live for family. It's all going to be forgotten. What do you think of your great-great-grandfather? You know what? Most of us don't even know who our great-great-grandfather is, do we? But I thought family was important to God. It is important to God as an avenue to show forth His glory. It's not the God. Whatever we are in as a family, it ought to be, I want to show to my family the difference that Christ makes And indeed, He ought to make me a better husband and a better father and a better neighbor. But do you understand, no matter what I live for, if it's not God's purpose to show forth His greatness, it's going to end. But when I live for His purposes, it's eternal. Do you understand? No matter, no matter what, you live for God's purpose and you go and you live and you may not know it till eternity. And someone will say, you know what? I worked in the same place you worked back in 2012 and you don't know it, but I was watching your life. I know this is 2015. Don't think I've lost my mind, okay? I'm saying three years ago they watched this, okay? Some of you are thinking, he's really lost it. You know, this is 2015, and he said 2012. Some of you didn't even catch it at all, all right? But somebody's going to say, I watched your life. And you know what? You had an impact on my life, and this is how God worked. And somewhere down the line here, I got saved, but I want to thank you for living for God's purposes. Many of those you'll never know till eternity. But that's the mission. God, you have given me this mission to go in this neighborhood and show forth your goodness and your power and your glory. Wow, that you would allow me this privilege? Are you going to join God in His mission? Or are you going to waste your life? Anything else? See, it's not enough for us just to receive Christ. There are many people who have received Christ that they're going to stand before God and He's going to say, A wasted life you have spent. Why? Because every other purpose or every other mission will fail. Paul said in the passage we read earlier, None of these things move me. I am set on the mission that God has given me. And it wasn't so much the missionary thing of it. Every one of us, he's given a missionary. So that means every one of us are a mission. Missionary. He's given every one of us a mission. And, and Paul said, I am set on this and nothing will move me from this. I do not count my life dear unto myself. This is a mission that God has given to me and I love Him. 
that I am going to be true to this mission. It doesn't matter if it's in your home that right now this is the mission God has given you. That There, there can be no greater mission. Some of you, He's given a bigger platform. It doesn't mean it's more important. To be faithful to the mission God's given. Success this next week, true success from God's perspective, is they really showed what a difference I can make in a life. By the way, they took care of what I've given them, by the way they handled their life, by the way they conducted their affairs with others. But the question is, will we accept the mission? The question is, have you accepted Christ? And then, will you accept His mission? Heavenly Father, I pray today that we would not hear the voice of this preacher, but Lord, that we would truly know the call of You. Not that there's some special calling for special people. If we are followers of You, You have given us this mission to show forth Your greatness. To show that we serve a different Master and a better by far Master. And Lord, I pray that our attitudes would change because of this mission that You have given us. I pray that our light would shine brighter because of this mission. And Lord, I pray that hearts today would be encouraged in the mission that You have given to each one of us. Lord, I don't know exactly the full outworking of Your truth today, but I know that every one of us has a response that You are waiting on whether we will obey what You're asking us to do or whether we'll put You on hold or whether we'll say no. Lord, help us to accept with gratitude the joy of the mission that You have given us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed and eyes.